Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. It is a Pewter post-game show where the Buccaneers fell to the Atlanta Falcons in their regular season finale, losing 30-18. But the season's not done because the Bucs won the NFC South and will be hosting a playoff game next week where they will play either the Eagles or the Cowboys, depending on how their four o'clock games uh, end up going. We're going to talk about everything that happened in uh, this afternoon's game. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is my colleague at pewterreport.com, SR, Scott Reynolds. And Scott, this kind of felt like a preseason game, in my opinion. The starters came out, looked okay, (laughs) did some things. And then once the backups came in, it was curtains because you had a former all-pro corner in A.J. Terrell for the Falcons guarding Devin Tompkins. No disrespect to Devin Tompkins, but that's a bit of a lopsided matchup right then and there. So we saw some good, but a lot of uh, bad and ugly in this uh, finale loss for the Bucs. Yeah, I'm going to correct you right off the top here, Matt. Uh, you said they scored uh, 18 points. They only scored 17. And that's because oh, the Buccaneers average about 17 points a game. So I thought it was fitting that this crappy offense only scored 17 points today. It's just it's a microcosm of the season with regards to the um uh you know the, the offense just you know not getting anything done. And uh you know it was the JV team that lost yeah. this game, right? I, I even tweeted out after the game Tom Brady's now 11 and 1 with an asterisk. Yeah against the Atlanta Falcons, because I think if the starters play in this game the whole way, they do beat the Falcons. I'm not sure if it's by a field goal or 10 points or whatever, but they're not losing 30 to 17. That's for sure. We saw enough of the good in the first half, right? We saw you know, Tom Brady threw a, a touchdown pass to Kyle Rudolph of all people. Uh, who, Holy had Kyle, who had Kyle Rudolph as the guy scoring the first touchdown of the game? I was saying like the gambling numbers on that. Would have been astronomical. That That's a hell of a prop bet. Yeah. That's a hell of a prop bet. And listen, I know there's a lot of Buccaneer fans out there that wanted this team to finish nine and eight and that wanted this this Buccaneer team to finish with with a winning record. It seems more legitimate that way. And and I get that. Right. And Tom Brady is not happy about losing, period. Correct. Whether it's this game, checkers. <laughs> um <laughs> The you know, quarterback it, competition on Friday when they yeah like, they drop, have dropping the competitions yes. yeah or hitting the yeah. field goal post yeah he doesn't want to lose but listen you got to keep this in perspective Buccaneer fans you have to they already lost their starting center Robert Hainsey to a hamstring injury okay and Mike Evans didn't play he was too sick to play uh, I think if this game if the playoffs were on the line you would have seen Mike Evans probably try to go out there they've had an illness. And that they kind of went around the building. He woke up sick this morning, very weak, really couldn't, you know, go out there and do it. So they didn't risk injury. We saw Nick Leverett have to move from left guard to center. There was a time, Matt, in this game where Tom Brady was, was, uh, was getting protected. If we can use that word from an offensive line that consisted of left tackle, Brandon Walton, left guard, John Mulchin, center, Nick Leverett who's the third-string center, essentially, on this team behind Ryan Jensen and, of course, Robert Hainsey. Right. Right guard, Shaq Mason, and then right tackle, 
um, not Tristan Wirfs, Luke Gedeke, right? So I understand there's some angst over the, the losing record. And you know what? If the Buccaneers come out and they lose in the first round playoff game against the Cowboys or the Eagles, then, yeah, it's going to look even worse, right? They're going to finish essentially 8-10 and 10 on the season. And I get that. And then bring all the heat and all of the angst next week. But right now, imagine if they continue playing in this game and Chris Godwin gets hurt, right? Or Kate Otten gets hurt. Or, you know, they, they literally had to play because they're out of bodies. They had to play Anthony Nelson. They had to play Will Golston. They had to play Joe Tryon Shoenka. They had to play Antoine Winfield, right? Um, but imagine if, if you know, they lost another starter or two aside from Hansy in this game. Uh, the the yeah. heat that would have went on Todd Bowles and and how it would have negatively negatively affected the Buccaneers in the playoffs. Exactly, especially when you see uh, shout out Blaine Gabbard, let Daddy sling it a little bit. He threw a touchdown in the game, but that touchdown to Russell Gage, Russell Gage came up holding his back after and, yeah. and looked to be injured on the play. Uh, to go back to your first point about the offensive line, so I noticed on Friday I didn't want to tweet anything out because it kind of goes along the guidelines of like, don't yeah. give away any starters, starting right. things or personnel. But at the portion of practice that's open to the media on that Friday, the offensive linemen were working out like in front of us. And typically on Wednesday and Thursday, they have a field all the way like out to the right. left. It's very far to see. You need like binoculars, but they were right in front of us. So I noticed Luke Gedeke was working with the offensive tackles. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting, because obviously he played guard this year. I know that he played it in college, but I was like, huh, are they doing something here? And then lo and behold, the game started, and Gedeke was over at right tackle, so the Bucs didn't have to play Donovan. Well, Donovan Smith already wasn't playing, but they didn't play Tristan Wirfs. I'm like, wow, Tom Brady's working with two backup um, offensive tackles. So, you know, there's always a little bit of risk in that when, when you have two backup tackles going in with Tom Brady. But yeah, at the end of the day, I think the name of the game for this game was just stay healthy, keep it competitive, which they did for the first half. Yeah, the second they, half they, was a they were leading at the half, right? Yeah. They were leading at the half. Blaine Gabbard threw a touchdown pass. And, you know, as Todd Bowles said, we thought our backups could come in and, and you know, kind of hold the line. And they didn't. And we'll get no. to that. We'll get that to that in a minute. And, and I think this is a very useful game for the Buccaneers going forward. I really do. And I'll get to those points in just a second. A couple of comments here. Brady coming back to this coaching staff. Tom Brady's not playing for Todd Bowles next season. Uh, I, I'm telling you right now, folks, Byron Leftwich is gone. Okay. He is. That's not wishful thinking on my part. We're not going to report it yet. It's not going to be an official story yet. But I'm just telling you right now. Right, there's going to be a new offensive coordinator in Tampa. Right now, that's that's just my, I guess, educated opinion. But yeah, Tom Brady's going to want to come back next year because there's going to be a new play caller. Again, we've said it for weeks now, Matt, probably months. Todd Bowles inherited this coaching staff on March 30th when he yep. took over, which was two weeks after the start of free agency. Okay, all of the coaches he wanted to hire. We're already in other staffs, either college or pro. That is late into the offseason to be making changes like that. So, yeah, there's going to be an offensive coordinator coaching change. That There's no doubt about it. Um, so I'm just, just telling you right now. Again, I tweeted out 
and it's kind of fitting that Buck scored 17 points today because, by God, that's all Byron Leftwich's offense is good for. And and I certainly hope they score more than 17 points. They're going to need to yeah, against to. either Dallas or the the Philadelphia Eagles next week. That's just that's all there is to it. But do I have faith and confidence that they will? No, I don't because of Byron right. Leftwich. And, and it was a similar thing, Scott. Like, Again, when the starters played on offense and defense, I'll start with the offense. Yeah. Like, the offense looked solid, that opening drive. Like, they actually scored a touchdown on their opening drive. That's been very few and far between this season. And they they kind of mixed up the run and pass on first down. They did some play action. And I wouldn't necessarily document it as, like, chunk plays, but they started with, like, a nice 15-yard pass down the field to Chris Godwin. And I was like, oh, all right, like, maybe – the offense is turning the corner somewhat, slightly, a little bit, and then bam, it was just back to screen city and and slot passes and and getting rid of the ball quickly, and maybe some of that had to do with the offensive line. I do want to give a shout out to uh, Chris Godwin. Well, a lot of records were broken. Yes. Uh, Tom Brady with the uh, completions and the overall um, passing passes attempted. So, uh, congrats to Tom on yet another yes. record broken. Chris Godwin. Uh, over a thousand yards receiving, um, over 100 receptions. That's an even more impressive feat considering what uh, you know Chris Godwin went through last season and this year and missing some time. So very happy for him. Uh, I'm glad he got to make like one other play after the fumble because it's like you can't get over a thousand yards and fumble on that play and like right. be happy about it. But I thought the offense overall was like somewhat okay. Uh, when when the starters were in there yeah. again without the the regular offensive line and the defense, listen if you want to give them if you want to bust their chops about the the ninety one yard touchdown drive to tie the game up at seven seven I right. totally get it but I thought Akeem Hicks looked great in that game you know had yeah. his first sack of the season uh, Devin White recovered a fumble on I mean you want to talk about the, it's the third the, straight games now with the fumble recovery by Devin White. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking like the Cardinals game, we were saying, oh, like, you know, the Cardinals gifted the Bucks turnover opportunities there. Right. I don't think it gets any more blatant than the quarterback trying to either throw it or pump fake it and just loses the ball. And, right. uh, you know, definitely recovered. But I think the defense, like they made things really uncomfortable for Desmond Ritter, the starters, when they were blitzing Devin White, when they were doing stunts up at the line of scrimmage. So I thought the starters looked pretty good on defense. But then in the second half, when your offense consistently goes three and out every single time, it's yeah. very difficult to keep your defense on the field the whole time, especially once you take Devin and Levante out and you have KJ Britt and JJ Russell. I think we learned pretty quickly. The Bucks are going to be looking for another inside linebacker, uh, you know, either through free agency or in the draft in one of the rounds next season. Cause uh, you know, that's a big opportunity for KJ Britt and JJ yeah. Russell. And there's JJ uh, Russell right there getting stepped on by Cordero Patterson in the end zone. So, yeah, I was, yeah. I was not a fan of either linebacker. I, I think both of them are special teamers at best. I mean, yeah. And, and look, you're right. Let's just continue on this point. The, the fact is, this was a great opportunity for the Buccaneers' backups to go against NFL starters and see Absolutely. who could compete and play. And, you know, you look at guys like like Britt, who was a day three guy, and you know JJ Russell, who was undrafted, and they're just not NFL caliber players in terms of starters, right? Special teamers, yeah, but yeah, you know. And you say backup. I mean, Kevin Minter was getting a little long in the tooth last year, but in 2020, when he stepped in for Devin White in the, the playoff game at Washington, yes. and and a few other games, you know, he did okay, 
right? I mean, I remember yeah. the, the Carolina game with Devin White uh, during Bruce Arians' first win. That was on, what, a Thursday night game? That was, yeah, 2019. Yeah. Right. Devin White gets hurt like four or five plays into the game, and Kevin Mitchell came in and played a great game. Uh, you know, so you want to have a backup that can come in and play credible football, and I just did not think that a lot of these backups for the Buccaneers were were really credible. And that's why, you know, and I'm not trying to be derogatory. I'm just trying to be truthful. They, they look like a JV team. They, yeah. This looked like the junior varsity, not the varsity, right? And I, I'm not ready to, like I said before, I'm not ready to, to call Luke Etiki a bust. I thought he did okay in this game. We'll see once I have a chance to look at the film how he graded out, right? Um, another guy I've been waiting to see make plays. Here's Zion McCollum losing a jump ball to direct London who, you know, London balled out today, the three yeah. rookie offensive players, Desmond Ritter, Tyler Algier, Drake London, they, they balled out for the, the Falcons. Um, this reminds me a little bit of Carlton Davis, right? Remember when Carlton Davis second round pick where you have Zion, who was what a fifth round pick yes. right there, fifth round yeah. pick was, was just inches away from making plays as a rookie, right? And then in 2019, his second season, they started getting pass breakups. Then in 2020, he had four interceptions. Yeah, right. He's kind of he's he's kind of reverted back to the pass breakups rather than the interceptions. But Carlton's a much better corner now. It takes time, and we'll see if Zion McCollum can develop into anything more than a special teams gunner. He certainly hasn't shown it so far. I'm not ready to give up on the kid. But you know th that's another example of a Buccaneers backup player simply not good enough, right, at least right now, yeah. to contend with the Falcon starters. The the thing that kind of annoyed me most about Zion McCollum, and this was an issue weeks ago, and I'm not saying it was going to get cleaned up exactly right away, but he still whiffs, like, terribly when trying to make exactly. a tackle. Yeah. I think the worst, or perfect example, but the worst, you know, piece of tape for Zion McCollum was uh, the Atlanta was at the goal line, and uh, they pitched it to Algier and he bobbled it. He was like, it right. took him multiple seconds to actually come up with the right. ball before he could start heading towards the end zone. So he's not even thinking about breaking tackles or what move he's going to make. And Zyve Column, again, fast guy, yeah. right there, and just completely misses the tackle. Now right. there were a couple of bucks uh, two or three yards down the field that ended up making the tackle. So he didn't score on that specific right. play. But I mean, you had a sitting duck right there, a yeah. guy bobbling the football, not even looking at you, and you still missed the tackle. Uh, that that is something that teams will look at and target if he, you know, becomes a starter one day and take advantage of because he's done it on multiple occasions. The game in Carolina earlier this year, the Thursday night game against the the Ravens, and then we saw it show up here and there. Then you throw right. in the the bad coverage as well. And, you know, credit to Drake London for, for having a really good game. But these are very clear signs of growing pains for a, uh, a rookie cornerback that's still learning. Yeah, common sense, yep. nailed it. He still can't tackle. He right. struggles pretty heavily in in that area. Yep. Speaking of common sense, I want to go back to uh, this point right here that he made, or actually it was a, a comment uh, about – uh, let's see. It was about the Raiders going all in to get Tom Brady. Here we go. All right. Raiders sources, national credible journalist, Albert Beer confirmed the Raiders are going all out for Brady. That's fine. They can go all, all out for Brady. They're not going to be the only ones. Trust me. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of teams going all out for Brady. I'll say this. 
Tom Brady's not going to the Raiders. They finished six and eleven this year, right? It's one thing to be seven and nine if you're the Buccaneers under Bruce Arians in, in his first year. And you know, and and Tom Brady came here because of the offensive line, because of the defense, because of more importantly, the weaponry. Now, granted, they've got Devontae Adams there and they've got uh they, they've got some pieces on that Raiders offense. But Josh McDaniel, that connection that he has with Brady, uh, it's it's just not enough, I don't think, to bring Brady to the AFC West, right? Where the competition is so Patrick tough. Mahomes and the Chiefs, Justin Herbert and the Chargers, right? And and then of course you've got the Broncos. They're going to have a new regime next year. Uh, but but with those two teams alone, it, it, it's it, it's going to be brutal. Uh, yeah, sorry, you froze up there. A if you're bit. Tom, yeah, I was gonna say all three teams outside of the Buccaneers finished with losing records. Of course, the Bucks did too, but I think the Buccaneers are closer, and of course, they won the division, and we'll see what happens. But uh, I don't know the Raiders are. are uh, Brady's never been about the money, so the contract it doesn't really matter. He wants to stay on the East Coast. He's made that clear with his kids being on the East Coast. So I, I just don't see the Raiders. They can go after him all he wants, but I, I don't think they're a legitimate contender for Brady's services. Yeah, we actually talked about that. and We'll get to Will's uh, super chat in just a second. Thank you, Will. Uh, we talked about that on the 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 tailgate show after you guys were done at walk-ons. Yep. We talked about it. And the, the two things I brought up really was, one, that you know they, they have talent there with Devontae Adams, as you said. But um, outside of that, like Darren Wall, their top tight end, great talent but he's injured all the time josh yep. jacobs contract year might not be back right their um, defense is suspect yeah they it's have just... two great edge rushers but that's about it but the number yeah. one thing was that division man that division is so tough and i don't know yeah. i get brady's all about the challenge and resiliency and everything like that but you know sometimes you don't always have to take the road less traveled stay on the path that you know because right. you know you went eight and nine and uh and made the playoffs and the other thing i said too and i'll just reiterate real quick there are going to be reports, as you said, other teams are going to be looking at Tom Brady. You're going sure. to hear Brady to the Bucks, Brady to the Raiders, Brady to the Niners, Brady to the Jets, Brady to the Dolphins, Brady to uh, multiple teams. So I don't think we need to get caught up every single time there's a Brady to a team rumor because right. anyone can make the case of, oh, well, he, he has this. He knows that guy. He's always wanted to play with that guy. Uh, that's going to continue for all the offseason until Tom says either I'm retiring, I'm still going to play, or this is my next move. Uh, William, thank you for the super chat. He says, so does this mean Jensen won't be back for the playoffs? I thought they would try to get him some reps this game. If there's any game that Ryan Jensen would have played, it would have been this one, especially yeah. after Robert Haynes, he got injured. But, you know, he's still not even on the active roster. He's practicing. Yeah. He has that three-week window, a three week window to right. get activated off of the IR and to – practice squad but the bucks haven't done that yet so ryan jensen wasn't even an option to put him in the game right. and, and really we we don't even know how much ryan jensen practices during during the practice itself the reason why is because as you pointed out matt he's not on the active roster so he doesn't appear on the injury report right as a limited participant or a full participant he just doesn't they don't have to make that declaration so we don't know if he goes out there and does individual drills and is involved in team or not, we'll have to ask Todd Bowles that maybe tomorrow. But 
uh, it, it didn't sound like when Bowles kind of addressed it on Wednesday that Jensen is anywhere close to being ready to practice, right? Uh, it just like a full practice where he's ready to go into a game. And as you said, Matt, this would have been the prime week to have him active if he was able to go. And the fact that he's not able to go, I don't know how much you know ground he can he can make in a week to where he's going to be ready. Now, I will say this, if Robert Hainsey literally can't go, then they might just make that move just out of pure necessity and dress him as an emergency center. Right now, you've got Nick Leverett, who obviously plays center. He finished the game for, for Hainsey. John Mulchin has taken snaps. He can also be a center. And then, of course, you have Ryan Jensen, who is a Pro Bowl center, when healthy. So yeah. we'll, we'll keep an eye on that this week for sure. Yeah, it's it's gonna require a lot of monitoring. Obviously, the other, you know, the other side of the coin is like as you said, how injured is Robert Haynes? Is was this a hey, I'm feeling a little something in my hamstring, let's sit him out because you know it's a meaningless game and you know there's no reason to force it, or oh yeah, this is a legit injury and yeah, so interesting that they were down to Nick Leverett as their center because remember Nick Leverett, you know he he's versatile, he can play a couple of different spots. He never played center until the preseason of last year. Right. So, correct. like, he's still fairly new at the yes. position considering, uh, you know, what they have there. But that's kind of the cards that you're dealt. You know, they're very injured on the offensive line uh, at safety. That's why Antoine Whitfield Jr. played yeah. all the way to the end of the game. It was like one of these things are not like the other. You look at the right. you see <laughs> Anthony Nelson, Antoine Winfield Jr. And D. Then, Delaney. Like, Right, yeah. And the, yeah. I actually thought D. Delaney had like a solid game. For he was me, all right. Yeah. Uh, tackling form. Uh, one guy that did look pretty good in terms of like backup guys that got more playing time, Devin Tompkins, I thought really yeah. impressed when he was out there as a receiver. Because not only was he making catches, he was breaking tackles. He was heading up the field. They used him in end arounds as they yeah. did, you know, earlier this year. Um, but they uh, they really like went to it a lot more. He showed his quickness. He showed, um, I would say, aggressiveness trying to get after the ball. He didn't always yeah. come down with the catch, but I, I felt that he fought for the ball a lot better than, you know, Scotty Miller really has this year. Right. And, or Brashad uh, Perryman, you know. Or Brashad Perryman. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shout out to all the garbage time guys that were playing. But it was still yeah. Devin Tompkins, even, you know, got the start at the beginning of the game, went the whole way, and was still heavily targeted by, I'd say, all three quarterbacks that played in this game. Yep. Uh, Leah with the 499 super chat. We appreciate her super chats you, very Leo. much. Brady should come back next season. A new offensive quarter plus a better schedule. Raiders are awful. That defense is horrendous. That division is very hard as well. We talked about that. Um, you know, there's a report. Uh, Rick Stroud mentioned uh, Bill O'Brien. That's a name I've thrown out there too. I think Bill O'Brien's going back to the Patriots. I really do. All right. I mean, uh, you look at Bill Belichick, he's 70. With his second straight losing season, he's not going to want his legacy tarnished. He's probably going to give it one more year. And the Patriots don't turn it around and and get back to the playoffs. I, I just don't see Bill Belichick hanging on, trying to get back to a, a winning record to make the playoffs, etc. And and I think if you're Bill O'Brien, you look at that as maybe I go there and I'm the heir apparent, right? Um, right. So I, I think that's probably a more likely scenario. He's coached on that staff before. Obviously, there is a Jason Light connection and there's a Tom Brady connection. So it does make sense to throw his his uh, name in the hat here in Tampa. Uh, I will kind of refute one thing that 
that uh, that Stroud said, and I'll probably talk about it, you know, tomorrow too. But um, uh, when when he said that that Bill O'Brien was going to be hired uh, if Byron Leftwich left to go to Jacksonville, and, and and I don't think that's the case at all. And at least I've not heard that. And this is what uh, you know. Bruce Arians went on record saying that that if Leftwich was gone, he would would come back and call the plays, especially if Brady didn't return. So the other guy that is on the staff, if Leftwich had gone, that I think would have gotten a shot is Kevin Garber, the wide receivers coach. It wouldn't have been my choice, but it would have been Arians' choice. And this is what Arians told me exclusively about Kevin Garber last year. I've been with him for so long, just watching him grow and grow. He called a, a half of a, a game this preseason and did a heck of a job. He's still got a or he's got a total grasp of this offense in every phase, quarterback play, line play, running back and receiver. He's got a full grasp of it, and he's more than ready. And then uh, Arians went on to say, you always want to see your guys get jobs, man. That's huge for me. We've got a bunch of young guys that we've been training for a long time to maybe step up in their place. Uh, it's not it's not that where we're bringing in a bunch of outsiders. So I, I don't think that Bruce Arians was going to hire Bill O'Brien at all if, if Byron Leftwich uh, had left. I, I think that he still would have been in Alabama, which is where he, he ended up uh, you know, at the season. And I think they would have gone with a Kevin Garver route if Byron Leftwich had left. So now I, I do think there, there is a chance if he doesn't go to the Patriots that Bill O'Brien might be in contention here. The guy I've been kind of campaigning for is Todd Munkin, the Georgia offensive coordinator. Yeah. We'll see Georgia's offense tomorrow when it's dogs and frogs in the national championship and uh, and see the the upstart TCU um, horned frogs. Uh, try to upset the national champion Georgia Bulldogs. I don't think it's going to happen. Go dogs, but we'll see. Yeah, uh, it'll be a very fun game to watch, nonetheless. Very excited uh, for that one. Uh, Al says all the free agents we got were a bust this year. All injured so much, and all did poorly when they did play. Really disappointing. Um, I I agree. That's kind of a fair majority. Point. Yeah, I agree for a majority of it. Like Logan Ryan, I think was their best free agent signing, but he's yeah. gotten hurt a fair amount. Um, Keanu Neal, when he plays, I thought he was solid, especially the second half of the season. But you know, when everyone's healthy, he's hardly on the field, and he got hurt yeah. today as well. So, um, you know, we'll see. Ed Keeley says a hundred people in the chat and four likes. Give these people some love, man. Please do. Thanks, Ed, yep. for the uh, the shout out. Yeah, please follow uh, and subscribe to. Pewter Report TV, that's our YouTube channel. If you can do that, we'd really appreciate it. We got Pewter Report podcast, Pewter Post Game Show, uh, various clips from the Bucks facility. Um, we'll have clips in the offseason, too, talking about the draft and, and draft coverage that, that will be coming up. But hopefully we don't start talking about the draft until the end of you know February or maybe when we go to um, our trip at the Senior Bowl coming up in yeah. late January into February. Very excited for that trip. Uh, we're going to be driving there. It's a bit of a long drive, so I think uh, a lot of Celsius will be consumed uh, along right. the way. Of course, Celsius is the presenting sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. There's a variety of flavors from the Arctic Peach and Tropical Vibes to the uh, Peach Mango, Kiwi Guava. Our intern, Adam, who was on with me for the uh, game day show, he was giving a shout-out to the cola flavor, which, Scott, I know you've mentioned on this show before. So, so many awesome 
different flavors, seven essential vitamins and zero sugar or preservatives. It's the healthy version of an energy drink that gets you through your day with essential energy without having to worry about the, you know, the post energy drink crash that you might get with other products. Um, if you go to the store locator on the Celsius website, just punch in your address and you can find out where you can get a Celsius near you, your local Walmart, your convenience store, Target, both. Say it. Bodega. bodega. Uh, if you want to go there, then when you go to your bodega and you know you love Celsius, you can start buying them in bulk. I recommend getting the variety pack. Variety is the spice of life. And why have one flavor of Celsius when you can have multiple flavors of said drink? So go to Amazon, do the subscribe and save, and have it set up where you can get uh, Celsius in bulk sent to your house or apartment whenever you want, really. You want to do it weekly, monthly, quarterly, whenever. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius Energy Drinks the official sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. Hashtag Celsius Live Fit. Um, we've got uh, some score updates we want to throw your way uh, right now and as this pertains to not just the opponent that the Buccaneers will be facing in the wildcard playoff game at Raymond James Stadium next week, but also who they'll be facing next year yep. as it pertains to their schedule. So if the Eagles win, and they're winning right now beating the Giants, 10 to nothing. Jalen Hurts is playing. He's 8 of 12, 108 yards. Boston Scott had an eight-yard touchdown run to get the Eagles uh, that 10-point lead. You're already looking at A.J. Brown with two catches for 72 yards. Good. So he's already having a hell of a game. So Eagles right now 10 nothing. The Washington Commodes are beating the Dallas Cowboys 7 to nothing. So if... The Eagles win this game. They will finally, something they've tried to do for weeks now, win the NFC East. That will send the Dallas Cowboys to Tampa to play the Buccaneers next week in the wild card game. I'm hearing that's probably the Monday night game, unfortunately, which I don't want it to be the Monday night game, but I think it, it could be. I, I understand uh, late work night for us, but also, oh, the Commanders actually just threw an interception in the end zone. So Not surprising. Uh, bad if you bet to... the over, but good. If you're a Cowboys yeah. fan, um, <laughs> since the NFL implemented the Monday night playoff game, every team that has won that Monday night playoff game has won the Super Bowl. So that oh, be okay. There you months. go. It's only been <laughs> okay. one year, but every right. team that has won the Monday night game okay. has won the Super Bowl. All right. That's that's a hell of a stat, Matt. I love that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, 7 nothing right now. Uh, the Washington Commodes, led by Sam Howell, the rookie out of North Carolina who has thrown a touchdown and an interception, as Matt pointed out. Uh, Terry McLaurin had the 16-yard touchdown right now, 7-0. So if the the Eagles win today, they they clinch the NFC East, sends the Cowboys here. That means the Buccaneers will play the Eagles next year because they will play the division winners in the NFC West and the NFC East divisions. They're also already playing the NFC North, all four teams. So that means the 49ers, the, the Bucks will be playing them, as well as the Eagles to be hosting the Eagles, and they'll be traveling to the 49ers for a rematch. That wasn't a fun game this year. Maybe it'll be different next year. But um, so just we'll keep an eye on those scores. We've got probably another 20 minutes or so of this podcast. And, uh, you know, trying to let, let you all vent over the eight and nine Buccaneers. I know no one's happy about yeah. that. Um, Ed's not happy about a, a Monday night playoff game, but you know what? Might give this banged up Buccaneer squad an extra day to recover and rest. So it might be 
beneficial to the team, at least in the first round, if they are doing that. And really what it does, too, is, Matt, it would assure the Buccaneers, if they do win, of them getting a Sunday playoff game the next week rather than a Saturday game, right? Yes, also true, because uh, <laughs> the NFL, they wouldn't do this for the playoffs, but the NFL can be cruel, because you look yeah. at that uh, that Jaguars-Titans game on Saturday, uh, the Titans had previously played a Thursday game, and then they announced it was going to be a Saturday game, while the Jaguars played on Sunday. So, like, the Titans had three more days of rest, or whatever right. it is, to get ready for that game. They still lost anyway, because their quarterback's been uh, injured for, for weeks and everything like yeah. that. Uh, um, but yeah, ha- having an extra day would be good. I'm going to say this. The truth, that is false. Leftwich should have been head coach and Bowles defensive coordinator. No, absolutely not. Nah. No. Uh, Byron Leftwich should not be head coach in Tampa Bay, in Jacksonville, or anywhere. I couldn't help but think That's yesterday, good. like watching the end of that Jaguars game, obviously everyone's really happy. They made the playoffs. It's like, man, they made such the right move hiring Dyer Peterson over Byron Leftwich, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was definitely the right move. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do not have high hopes for Byron Leftwich as, as a head coach, much less an offensive coordinator. I just don't see it. Don't see anything special about him. I've listened to the press conferences. I've talked to enough people. He's not going to be here next year. So um, the misery will only continue for a week or two or three or however long this Buccaneer team ends up going. And then that's it. And then hopefully the Buccaneers will score more than 17 points this year per game. Yeah. Because that's what they've done. Scott, what'd you make of, um, uh, I know it was few and, and brief, but uh, Kyle Trask did get in this game, <laughs> yeah. believe it or not. Kyle Trask did play, uh, yeah. completed like two passes. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Dak Prescott nearly threw a pick. But uh, what, was your, what was your thoughts about Kyle Trask uh, in this one? Yeah, not good. Um, no. <laughs> small sample size, right? It was very much like a preseason game. Had the entire backup offensive line blocking for him. It was throwing to Scotty Miller and Devin Tompkins guys like that. So we didn't get to see what Kyle Trask could do with the likes of Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, et cetera. At the same time, the throws that he made were very contested. So I have to go back and look. I don't know if that's shame on the receivers for not getting enough separation or if it was a situation where the throws were a little bit late that allowed the defensive backs time to close. I just wasn't impressed. I'll say that, you know, he was three of nine, 23 yards just was was not impressed at all by that i like uh, oops like inter- interception yeah. return i unbelievable everyone watching this Six. game i i have it i have it on in the background as well and yeah. Dak nearly got picked off on the previous play on the yeah. same exact throw like to the sideline on the right side and then it got yeah. picked off for a pick six um on the next play but to get back to kyle trask and they missed the extra point of course freaking watch yep. um I like the first throw of the game when he was in, when he went down the field to Devin Tompkins. That was like the only time that they actually went down the field. And um, outside of that, I mean, he had like a third down throw to the sideline that Tompkins had to like die for. It wasn't even remotely close. And then that fourth down, he had another throw that like didn't even come close. But it kind of goes back to what you wrote about in the Fab Five, what we talked about on the show of just like, how much are we really going to get from Kyle Trask with a makeshift offensive yeah. line with the receivers that you talked about? You could have at least got, you know, Blaine, Ga- sorry, a Kyle Trask with 
with Chris Godwin and Russell Gage for a little bit, you know, yeah. but uh, no, nevertheless, that wasn't, that wasn't the case. We got another super chat from uh, Byron Turner. Thank you, Byron. No uh, relation to Leftwich. Uh, hot, <laughs> hot take uh, percentage chance right now. The Bucks beat the Cowboys in Ray I'd, J. I'd, I'd, I'd say 60, 40, but it has to be a low scoring game, which means the Bucks defense has to show up and they, their red zone defense has to show up. You've got to allow Dallas to kick field goals and not score touchdowns. Uh, again, you go back to that opening season game, Matt, when we thought, well, this Bucks offense isn't clicking in all cylinders. Hell, they scored 19 freaking points, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> That's like a point or two more than their season average, right? And so I, I don't expect the Bucks to hold the Cowboys to three points. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think this this game has to be, you know, in the 20s for the Buccaneers to have a chance to win. They're not going to score 30 points or more. So it can't be a shootout like it was 31-29 back in the 2021 season Correct. opener. This is going to have to be a game more like week one of this year where the Bucks defense really rises up and, and gets some takeaways, which we didn't see today outside of the, the, the mishap with Desmond Ritter with a kind of self-inflicted wound with the fumbled pass attempt that Devin White picked up. So I, I don't know. I, I think that I think the Bucks can beat the Cowboys because I'm not impressed with Dallas's offense that much. They've got CD Lamb. He is pretty much their passing game. Yep. You have Tony Pollard, who's a very good three down back, first, second, and third down. Uh, I, I I I like Vita Vea and Hicks stopping the run inside next week. If they can pressure Dak Prescott into making some mistakes, if they can get to him with pressure, get him on the ground, not have Joe almost. Try on Shoyanka, almost get a sack. That's what I'm going to call him now. He's almost. Yeah. And Jay, I'm going to give I'm going to give props to JC Allen for that because that's actually his nickname for JTS. It's almost because he almost gets so many sacks, but then doesn't. And and he had one or two of those today. So the, I, I'm going to say 60 40, Matt. What say you? Yeah, he's the epitome of close but no cigar. Yeah, yeah. I actually feel like pretty good about this just this matchup i don't know right. about the execution for the bucks but the matchup overall um i'll give the bucks 65 percent because okay. i'm gonna add a little five percent because they're at home and the way that dallas is playing right now on the road almost kind of hurts the bucks you kind of wish they yeah. would save uh that stinker for uh next su saturday sunday or monday right uh, in raymond james stadium but to your point i think if the bucks can stop the run game of of the cowboys I like Carlton Davis matched up against uh, C.D. Lamb, or if they want to do Jamel Dean, whatever they decide to implore. I right. like when they blitz Devin White up the middle and Levante David. I think their blitzes have been getting home a lot more recently. Uh, yeah. Granted, the, the competition isn't as tough as the Dallas Cowboys. And I don't know. I, I It's Brady in the playoffs, you know? It's, it's yeah. tough. As bad as everything has been, as much as we hate the way that the offense has been called, the Bucs have shown at least once or twice a game they revert back to their 2021, 2020, well, it's 2023 now, but yeah. uh, their 2021 offense, and then they immediately go back to their 2022 and now 2023 offense. Yeah. If they can just harness it for a little bit more, I think they could be onto something. But I like the way the Bucks defense matches up against the Cowboys offense. Yeah. And I really think Mike Evans is going to take advantage of Diggs trying to be too aggressive mm -hmm. and create a turnover. I really think you're going to see one big deep ball to Mike Evans that either ends up in a touchdown or 
you know, puts them in great Pass interference. We, we've they, seen they, some of those plays. Yeah. As I think well, the Bucks are really going to play yeah. to their strength in that situation. I agree. The Buccaneers should have Carlton Davis back, Mike Edwards, Vita Vea. That's just on the defensive side, right? So, and, and you know, they got Devin White some rest in this game, Levante David as well. So, uh, I, I like the Buccaneer defense against the Cowboys offense. And then we'll see about the Bucks offense. It just, it's got to, it's got to put at least 17 points on the board, Matt, for them to have a chance. Probably more than that. Probably 20, 23 points is what they're going to have to score. It'd be nice if we saw the Bucks defense continue to get some takeaways to help prop this offense up and, and give them some short fields to work with, maybe even a pick set themselves. We talked about the fact that Dak Prescott threw a pick six. Washington leads Dallas 13-0 right now. And Philadelphia is up 13 to, to nothing over the Giants. They're expected to roll over the Giants today. Giants have Davis Webb at quarterback. Uh, so right now, Philadelphia is is in command with about 8-11 left in the second quarter, and Washington is leading a little bit more time in the second quarter, 11-17. So uh, we're, we're going to wrap up this podcast in a few minutes here and let everybody watch those games and keep track of who the Bucks are going to play next week. And we'll, we'll dedicate a lot of tomorrow's podcast for the, the 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 beginnings of playoff week in Tampa Bay for a third straight year Matt this is this is something that hasn't happened for quite some time not just That's making right. the playoffs in 2020 and winning a super bowl but back to back playoffs now it's back to back to back playoffs and and as tom brady said you know no one's happy about the 8 9 record but it it doesn't matter once you get to the playoffs right exactly um, and, and and I thought Brady was was spot on. It doesn't matter what your record is. It doesn't matter if it's home or away. It's it's whatever team plays, plays best the best that day. Yeah, that's that's, that's who's going to win. You're a, you're a million percent right. Tom Brady is a million percent right. And eight, yeah, eight and nine does not matter. They're happy that they're in the playoffs. Uh, I'm happy if I win money over at the Seminole Hard Rock Casino, which you should be doing. ASAP. Just the way you like it. Me and my wife decided we'll have some fun. I was playing a two-cent machine. Six bets in, I hit a jackpot. $117,000. Hi, my name is Tara because I want over $500,000 playing slot. I do this full-time and I would not change it for the world. I'm Gloria. I won over $2 million at Seminole Hard Rock Casino. I went and bought a bunch of jewelry. <laughs> my name is Mike. I won over $350,000. I love playing back rock because it hits different. When you pull in that car and you flip over that nine, beating that eight, can't miss. I'm Jimmy. I won a half million dollars in a slot tournament at Seminole Hard Rock in Tampa. Even a blind squirrel can get a nut sometimes. <laughs> my name is Philip, and I won 215000 on Blazing Sevens. Put my last $4 on the table, next thing you know, bam, 215000 jackpot. I hit that bad boy. I didn't realize how much it would change my life. You only live once. Have fun with it. Right. Anybody can win. It's Seminole Hard Rock in Tampa. Yeah, well, I didn't win the last time I went to Seminole Hard Rock. I lost. Uh, my daughter Ellie actually fared much better than than Ashley and I did, but we had a great time. We played for several hours, gamed, and um, and lost some money, but it was fun nonetheless. Always a good time to sit on Hard Rock Hotel and Casino. Maybe next time, 
I can win hundred thousand dollars or more and be featured on their commercial. That's what I'm hoping yeah, for. That, that, yeah, that's a that's a good goal to have. And uh, yeah, a couple bars over there too. So if there's a game on right, like the game's going on right now, you can do that as well. So yeah, yeah. make sure you check it out. Yeah, let's get to a couple comments. Uh, Tyler Matt. Algier is a hundred times better than Rashad White. Well, we'll see about that. I, I will say this. Uh, the Buccaneers, they liked three running backs in the middle of 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 the the draft this year. And Tyler Algier was was one of them. He was my my draft crush. I liked him. I liked Damian Pierce. I was a Pierce guy. Yeah. I interviewed him at the Florida. Ball and I was like, this guy is just electric, just talking to him. Yeah. And, and he, he really Tyler is. Connection. Yeah. Yep. And, and I liked Rashad White too out of Arizona State. And they just felt that that White with his ability to catch the ball and, and be even more of a receiver than Algier that kind of gave him for this offense, the edge. That's why they went that direction. I would say Rashad white is we've not seen the best from him yet. I know that Algier went over a thousand yards this season and congrats to him. He is an Atlanta Falcons type runner. And, and I, I like him a lot for that scheme. I'm not saying he wouldn't be a good player in Tampa Bay, but I think the big thing is he's not, that great at catching the ball yet. And I think that's what gave the edge to white and we'll see how white develops, right? White came close to 500 yards this year and we'll see if he can get to a thousand next year. We'll see if he ends up being the lead back or if it's Leonard Fournette again, it's a one, two punch or Matt, if Leonard Fournette is even in Tampa next year, they might make some salary cap moves next year. And that might be one of them. That's exactly what I was thinking. It's just, you know, the, the bucks, financially are a little strapped uh, going into this off season. And I think if there was like a veteran player with a bigger type of contract, you can justify why getting that money from Leonard Fournette and, you know, you could save some money there. You have Rashad white uh, in your backfield already. You can kind of justify and, and make sense of that. What I will say for Rashad white is let's remember he didn't really become I know he's not like technically the starter, but he didn't really start sharing the the snaps and the offensive plays with Leonard Fournette on a 50-50, 60-40 type of level really until the Germany game. And right. that was the breakout game for Rashad White. I think looking back at, at the season on the schedule, the Germany game was really what made Rashad White, you know, not a household name, but a guy that Bucks fans would continue yeah. to keep talking about. He won the, the angry run scepter that week and everything like right. that. It began the year as a kick returner. So, yeah, I think there's definitely an adjustment period from like, okay, I'm like an everyday special teams guy to, right. all right, now I'm like a featured running back, a featured offensive weapon um, in this in this offense. So, yeah, I truly think like, as you said, the best is yet to come for Rashad White, yeah. especially when it's just his backfield. And you never know, uh, running backs are kind of a dime a dozen. The Bucks could very easily – Draft the seventh round pick running back next year, and it's Rashad. I think White they're going to. This is this is this is a deep draft uh, for running backs. I love the TCU kid, Kendra Miller. I think he's phenomenal. You'll see him tomorrow night. One of my favorite running backs. The guy just is a fighter. I mean, he he he's a, a you talk about an angry runner. This guy is an angry runner. I love Miller, uh, the TCU running back, as a mid round pick. He's not like an elite sure. back, but but I think that he's good. John V says nobody was running for a thousand yards in Tampa Bay with this scheme yeah. <laughs> in offensive line. Historically. I, yeah. Again, we're going to see a new offensive coordinator next year. So, and I think you're going to see not just the OC, not just the play caller change, but you're going to see some coaches also. 
um, get swapped out on this coaching staff too. I think that's coming. Yeah, I saw some people talking about Donovan Smith. Eater17 said not smart to cut Donovan Smith. That's obviously another one where he's got a big contract. Huge not, contract. Yeah. Huge, huge uh, not, contract. Not playing up to – man, <laughs> Washington just missed another field goal. This one a 53-yarder. But, uh, yeah. but I don't know. I mean, we've talked about moving Tristan Wirfs to left tackle Donovan Smith. If you commit to moving Tristan Wirfs to left tackle – Again, I think you can justify if you wanted to release Donovan Smith, but you got to have your backup plan, whether that's right. we're committing to an early round right tackle or we're going to find a veteran right tackle for less money than Donovan Smith. But there's a reason why offensive tackles don't really become available in free agency. Right. You got a good one, you hold on to it. So I think it's really risky to release Donovan Smith. I mean, oh, you I have too. So much more into it. Uh, but again, because of the finances and everything, I would understand it in a macro type of picture, but I don't I don't know if it's the right move. Yeah. Uh, the, the other thing we didn't really talk about is the fact that Carolina Panthers beat the Saints 10 to 7. And and so uh Steve Wilkes, is he gonna get a shot at staying as as the, the head coach there? He's done a remarkable job with having to play four different quarterbacks this year, four, and trading away Christian McCaffrey, keeping that team together. They were, what, two wins at the time? Yeah. They had won two wins? No, 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 they hadn't won. They, they had one win, right, because by the time the Bucks played, played them, the they Bucks. had one win, right. Yeah. So, yeah. so he's won six games, almost an impossible type situation. They traded away Robbie Anderson, traded away Christian McCaffrey, actually got better as the season went on. Gave the Buccaneers fits and then won today, 10-7. Um, be interesting to see what happens with Sean Payton. Is is he going to return to New Orleans next year? Are they going to trade him? Is Dennis Allen going to stay on after finishing 7-10? and We'll have to see. A lot of intrigue in the NFC South this, this offseason, including the Buccaneers with Tom Brady and uh, and, and also Byron Leftwich this offseason, their future. Uh, we have another super chat, Matt. Yes, we do. Thomas Moore, four ninety nine. Thank you very much, Thomas. Do you think Thomas says? Do you think Brady was ticked about coming out of the game today? Looked like he hated losing this game. Well, Tom Brady always hates losing. Scott, you said it best. He yeah. hates losing football, chess, checkers, golf, whatever. He hates losing. Um, I know he wanted to play. I know he wanted to go for as long as he possibly could. But you know, when you start seeing other guys get injured, yeah. You just, you got to do the right, you got to do what's right, what's best for the team. And that's making sure Tom Brady is okay and healthy enough for the playoff game. So yeah, I'm sure he was pissed about not playing. That's all he wants to do is play. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you, we'll have to see that hamstring injury. It's one thing when you're a receiver, right? Or you're a running back and you have a hamstring injury, Matt, because you know, you're running down the field and you're 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 needing that for explosion. Well, the thing is, when you're an offensive lineman, right? You're you're in a squatted stance yes. for the, the entire game. You're either in that stance, getting ready for the snap of the ball, or you're you're in that stance in pass protection, or you're drive blocking. I, I you know, if if Robert Hainsey suffered a hamstring injury, and I've I've had you know a, a pretty severe hamstring injury myself, I don't know how he's ready to play this week. 
unless it was a tweak hamstring and they didn't want to do anything but but be extra precautious and and just take him out if, if he if he tweaked it i think that's the best case scenario but we don't know how how serious that hamstring injury is but you might see nick leverett as the starting center and tristan Wirfs will be back in the lineup donovan smith will be back but then who yeah. plays left guard if nick leverett's your center do they give it back to luke getticky do they keep john mulch in there all of a sudden right that that left guard now becomes a problem again does it not it absolutely does, and he's going to need to get his body up to speed as quickly as possible. Maybe that's where playing on Monday actually does benefit the Bucks when it typically right. uh, would not. So he's going to have to work on his body. If you want to work on your body, you should definitely use age rejuvenation. As we age, our hormones decrease, both for men and women. I was tired all the time, had no sex drive. I was groggy. I felt like I was 80 years old because everything hurt. I came to age rejuvenation because I was tired all the time. Bioidentical hormones has really made such an impact in people's lives. I actually enjoy shopping now. Got my, all my energy back. Mind is sharp. I feel like I'm 18 again. It was perfect for me. Get with age rejuvenation. Do it now. Don't wait. Call age rejuvenation today. Age rejuvenation. Folks, it is the new year. And uh, if you're like me, you know, you might want to lose a few pounds and uh, and have that New Year's resolution where you want to get in better shape this year. Well, for me, I've already started that process. I started back in August with testosterone replacement therapy. I Like most men, and I'm 50. In their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, I've got low testosterone. And what that means is uh, you start to feel tired. Uh, you, you don't have that that vitality. You can't go as long in the weight room uh, or just plain exercising. You fall asleep on the couch at 9 o'clock. If you're feeling groggy and fatigued, it's probably a sign of low testosterone. Do what I did. Go to Age Rejuvenation. Sign up at agerejuvenation.com. Tell them Pewter Report sent you. They're going to give you a free consultation. They'll, they'll do the lab work. Your insurance will pay for it. They'll check your testosterone level. And right now they have $500 off if you mention Pewter Report for your first testosterone replacement therapy. I'm telling you, folks, I feel 10 years younger. Just got on the scale this morning and down to 209 pounds. Before age rejuvenation, I was up to around 217, 216. So I've already lost about eight pounds, not just off the scale, but actual body fat. And I'm, I'm as trim now as I've been in years, and I feel stronger, and I'm not crashing on the couch at 9 o'clock, and I don't have to drink two Celsius a day like I used to. Now I just drink one in the morning, and I'm good to go. It replaces coffee for me. AgeRejuvenation.com, five Tampa Bay area loca locations to serve you. They also have weight loss plans, too. They don't even include testosterone therapy. So if you're looking for weight loss or weight management uh, in 2023, Make sure that you check out agerejuvenation.com and look at some of their weight loss programs. Uh, they were having one uh, around the first of the year that was 50% off your first treatment. So check out agerejuvenation.com. Coming up for the Bucks this week, the regular season is done. It is the playoffs, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. We are into the playoff week. So for tomorrow's show, of course, it's... It's not to say a victory Monday. It's not a victory Monday, but it's a playoff Monday. And whether the Bucks win or lose, we always do roll call. We want to know where our fans are at. We have awesome fans watching from all over the globe, from Tampa to the state of Florida to the U.S. and international as well. So at 420 during tomorrow's show, drop a comment. It's always fun. Mondays the are the best, man. They just yes, are. They really are. Yeah. It's always like, you know, it's a new week to 
everything's possible for the Bucs. You know, they're zero and zero next week going That's right. uh, into the playoffs, which would be fun. We will find out um, whether they're playing the Cowboys or the Eagles. Right now, it's looking like they're going to be playing the Cowboys, but you never know. And, um, you know, we'll hear from Todd Bowles as well and see what he has to say about uh, this upcoming week. So until then, for Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. And we will see you tomorrow for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Peace out. Out. Playoff-bound Buccaneers.